Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's CJ Cup at Summit Club. This next hour is yours. I got to jump right into this because I got a hard out at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we are going to jump right into this ownership course, whatever you want to talk about. There are already questions in there. Throw them in if you got them. Jock Market, that is the sponsor. I, I don't even like to say sponsor, partner of this stream. There is a Jock Market Power Hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Stock Market DFS. You can make a lot of money. I highly suggest you go over there. Let's get into the comments. Oliver says, oh boy, right out of the gate. We've got a wins question. Hello to our ace in the hole, boots on the ground correspondent, Rick Run. Excellent. Oof. Dang, we're off to a hot start. Could you please tell us the best weather station to forecast wind at Summit on Windfinder? Uh, so I was looking into this. Let's go over to the Windfinder map. Boom. That's not it. This is. So here's Las Vegas. So I guess it depends on what you want. Uh, Summit Club is down here in the, what is that, Southwest, right? This is Summit Club. Summit Club Drive, right? That's that's what you want. Um, now, I think if you want a true weather station, those are only at the airport. So there's McCarran here, and here's North Las Vegas Airport, uh, which have weather stations. But I also think there are, this is probably the closest one, this forecast spot. It's the Lakes Las Vegas. It's, you know what, a couple miles east of it. Of the course, that's that's where I would go. And we are hot out of the gate with a wind question. Let's go. Scott B says, what's up, Rick? What's up, Scott? I have two rules I set for myself. Always bet studs when their odds are too high. And don't bet Kepka unless it's a big time event. Think this one is big enough for him to be invested. I don't like the fact that the only question we ever ask about Brooks Kepka is like, what are his mentals? It's it's a fool's errand to try to figure out uh the state of his passion, his motivation, any of that stuff. So your guess is really as good as mine. I tend to think he did Vegas for the first week that he was here, went to the Fury fight. Uh, now he gets to prove to everybody he is one of the best players because this is a stacked field. I actually think this is a better spot for him than last week was. Brian says, how do you balance past form in no-cut events versus current form with the new season? Is current form difficult to gauge players who have not played a lot early in the new season? Yes, uh, to basically all of that. So there's a couple different ways. You can go to rickrungood.com. Um, I like to go to maybe the Holy Grail, go to the stats page, and look at their last X number of rounds. So that will tell you how they've been playing really no matter uh, when it was last 24 rounds, something like that. But generally speaking, if you have a guy who is making their debut uh, for this year, we haven't seen him in a month, which we saw some guys do last week as well. Uh, I tend to think they're going to get back to their, to their DNA, back to their, to their baseline a little bit. Um, that's, that's my, that's my guess. That's the way that I usually handle this. So someone like a, Webb Simpson might be a good example because I don't think we've seen him for a while, right? And and oh no, I guess he missed the cut last week. Who would be a good example of this? Um, a good example would be maybe Cam Smith, who we haven't seen since the tour championship on the PGA tour, didn't play the Ryder Cup, right? Some of these guys just saw the Ryder Cup. He might be a good example of guys getting back to their natural baseline. Um, there is a uh super chat here uh from Adrian. First of all, again, super chat is uh, certainly not. Uh, required, uh, but definitely appreciated. Hey, Rick, do you know if HV3 will play 
I haven't subscribed to the site yet, but watch your YouTube vids every week. Great stuff. Thanks. Well, if you like the vids, uh, you'll definitely like the site. I don't know yet. I heard rumblings that he is getting in today slash tonight and is going to play. I do not know that for sure. After I get off this chat, I'm going to Summit Club. So I, if I catch a glimpse of HP3 or find out what's going on, I'll tweet it out. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Rick Run Good. After seeing this course, can you, ex- can you run a model and explain your thought process behind it? See, you got to understand, guys, Hank Hill has figured out the live chat. He's figured out the questions. He's figured out the right questions to ask and how to get the most out of these out of the time here. So this is a, a perfect question. So I was out there yesterday. I'm going back out there today. Uh, long story short, I have a Twitter thread about this. You can go check it out. It's pinned on my profile right now. The course looks harder than it is. Um, I originally did not think that Morikawa and McNeely having be, being members there was going to be a big deal. I think it's a slightly bigger deal, but let me be clear. I was giving them like a 5% boost before. Now I'm giving them like a 10% boost. Okay. Because there are some shots that from the T and from like the fairway look a lot harder than they actually are and knowing where to miss and all that good stuff. It's, it's going to be a real thing. I would not mind firing like a Mav McNeely, Colin Morikawa first round leader, quite honestly, because These guys are also good. They'll figure it out as the week goes on. Four guaranteed rounds. They'll figure it out, but those guys are going to have a leg up. So here's what I would do. Uh, Again, I would probably keep it to 24 rounds or so. I would uh, focus uh, on... So this is kind of weird. Distance is always important, but it's it's not going to be a prerequisite here. Remember, we're at 2,300 feet of altitude. This 7,400-yard course is going to play like 7,100, something like that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely heavily on second shot. So let's put 30 on second shot approach. I'm going to do um, 10 on distance and 10 on off the tee, which means I've got 20 off the tee, but... I'm giving distance a little bit of an edge there. I'm double counting that. And then I'm going to go with, first of all, around the green, nothing. Um, I could get up and down for most of the spots around the green around here, but I think you're going to have to putt well and make a lot of birdies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do 10 on putting and I'm going to do 25 on birdie or better. And that's going to leave me with 15. And my last 15 are going to go 100 to 125 yards. I think that's going to be a spot. Uh, and here we go. My top golfers are Sam Burns, no surprise. Rory freaking McElroy. How about that guy? Hideki HV3. We'll see if he's playing. EVR, Kokrak, Sungjae, Vegas, Dustin Johnson, and Adam Scott. I don't mind this. I don't mind this at all. Uh, that is currently the way I would run it. I have my full, you know, Twitter thread pinned right now. The course is beautiful. I think it's going to be easy. Um, there's really only a couple spots to get in trouble. The greens, these guys are going to shred around the greens, up and down, no problem. Um, Another chat, super chat here from Phil. Again, thank you. Can you show me some analytics and give your thoughts on Neiman and Woodland? How would how do you like to factor in the Bentgrass stats? Is it that important? Um, Yeah, it is. Uh, now there are a lot of different strains of Bentgrass. Let's be real here, but but pure kind of bent grass greens that are going to roll pure like they do this week is um it, it's no it's noteworthy so let's go with neiman first because i actually think um i actually think i like joaquin neiman this week so here's what i see a guy who uh puts better on bent than any other surface i see a golfer that to me plugged a gap 
there was a concern for me at the end of the last season that he had lost the putter and we didn't know what to expect at Shriners. He came out and he putted well, which is much closer to his DNA. Didn't drive it well. Didn't really do anything else well, but it was his first start in a month. I'm, I'm thinking Joaquin Neiman gets much closer back to his DNA. I think that's a really good spot for him. Uh, Woodland, I do not believe I'm as bullish on. So I, I know that there's been some Gary Woodland love this week. I'm not sure I necessarily see it. Misses the cut at the Sanderson on the number, right? Um, was okay off the tee, was okay on approach, didn't play poorly, was horrible at the Northern Trust. I just, like, if you look at the longer-term composition of Gary Woodland, do you see anything that excites you? You know, he's not vintage Gary, which if he was, this would be a great spot for him. I just, I have a lot of concerns here. So I think I'm much more bullish on, on Joaquin Neiman than on Gary Woodland. Thank you again for the super chat. Again, much appreciated. Thomas says, Rick, hope all is well. Is this event okay to lean on past history? No, generally no, uh, because this is the first time we've ever played this course. So if you're looking at past you know, CJ Cup history, yes, it's the same tournament, but it is a, a different course. What you could do is you could go to the Holy Grail and you can look up no-cut events, uh, or you could look up past CJ Cups, past Zozos, past WGCs, which are generally these smaller, top-heavy fields. So you usually get a similar field composition, but I, you can't look at it for actual course stuff. So let's just do this real quick. Let's just throw the WGCs in here. Um, I'll, I'm going to exclude the match play and then we'll throw in the CJ cup and we'll throw in Zozo. So I'll just give you five tournaments that are of similar size, um, and similar field composition. And we'll sort by the best players there. Sam Burns is best, but he's only played four rounds. Rory is next. Gooch is next. Only eight rounds. JT and Aaron wise. Again, only eight rounds for wise. Munoz, Kepka, DJ, Hideki, Keegan, Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith. Those are guys they are all gaining at least a shot per round in the five events that I just ran through um, dating back to 2010. Good luck, Thomas. For one and done, I saw your clip on Louie, but curious, curious on your thoughts on English or Hatton. Um, yeah, so... Um, this is a weird, really weird. I, th- I find it to be a difficult week for one and done. So you could basically convince me on anything. I would, uh, I'm, I'm, it, Harris English lost six strokes putting last week. He's not going to do that again over two rounds. I do wonder though, remember, he had to, mo- he uses that same putting grip for like 15 years and it's falling apart. He had to modify it at the Ryder Cup. I wonder if that's messing with him. I doubt it. He's probably going to be just fine putting this week. No problem. If he puts well, he'll be fine. Um, Hatton is much more interesting. Terrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, uh, who we haven't seen since the Ryder Cup for most American fans, have played more on the European tour, have played well. Those would be two guys that I think are low-key, high upside, sneaky players if you want to get a one-and-done shot in. Hey, Rick. Love a long shot at the best of times and not really feeling anyone at the top of the market this week. Thoughts on Hoagie and Higgs, both 200 to 1. the they are not going to win this golf tournament. Uh, however, Hoagie is at least a good volatile approach player. I'm not that excited. I would tell you I followed around Harry Higgs for a decent bit last week at Summerlin. 
And the stats didn't really, I don't, I didn't think the stats showed how well he played to me. He looked like he was in pretty good control of his game. You know, he never really got in too many spots of, of trouble. If he puts well, it might be a completely different story last week for him. I, I if you're going to only pick one of them, I think it's Higgs, but neither of those guys are going to win the golf tournament. Hey, Rick, hope all's well. You as well. Can you tell me who you prefer in a DFS tourney between Rose, Na, and Homa? Wow. Okay, let's do a couple of things here. So let's do, um, let's compare these guys. So what I can actually do is I can, I can click all of these guys. So if you hold control, you can do multiple selections on basically every tool on rickrungood.com. So if that's the, the route that you want to go, go for it. So let's just look at like the last... You know, this season and last season, um, they're all kind of similar, right? In terms of strokes gain metrics, Justin Rose gained a third of a stroke per round. Homa gained eh, almost twice that, nearly six tenths. And then Kevin Na was in the middle, but they do it completely different, differently, right? Kevin Na, super reliant around the green. And I got to tell you, I, I, I meant to run the numbers on this. And this is something I want to do. He's a very good around the green player. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's a counting stat, so he misses a lot of green, so he has the opportunity to gain a lot around the green. The other thing is he's very good. That's fine. This, I'm telling you, go look at the pictures I posted on Twitter. I'm terrible around the greens. I would get up and down every single time. There's just no, it's just no trouble. Maybe two spots. If you hit it into the wrong spot on two of these greens, I, I think it's going to be tough to rely on that. And then Justin Rose, who has been, in my opinion, uh, fool's gold playing with this putter right now. The putter's just been scorching. It's probably unsustainable. You look at what Homa does, completely different style of play. It's all via the ball striking. This is probably a pretty good spot for him. So I would rank them Homa, Na, and Rose. Hey, Rick, if, there, if there's extra distance uh, on balls this week, does that bring distance control scrambling into the picture? Uh, no, these guys will calculate it correctly. So I don't think scrambling as much. The... The thing that it would it would come to play is how quickly are these guys going to figure it out? Uh, the guys that play at altitude more often, the Vegas guys will figure it out much quicker. Um, the smarter guys will figure it out much quicker. The guys who were out there in practice rounds yesterday and today will figure it out much quicker. Um, so no, I don't think it's distance control and scrambling. I think it's something we can't quantify like adaptability or maybe like elevation of hometown. That might be a fun thing to do. Thoughts on skipping the 10K region and starting your lineup in the high nines. Let's go to the cheat sheet for the first time. I, I love Victor Hovland. And starting there and having a really strong anchored lineup by Victor Hovland is really enticing. But to pass up, I, I'm, I'm probably okay passing up on Rory, which will probably burn me. I'm probably okay passing on Spieth. I'm probably okay passing on DJ. Do I want to pass on JT, Colin, and Xander? That seems scary to me. Um, I would almost advocate one of those three and Victor and find relief somewhere else. I wouldn't kill you if you want to start in the 9K, but it's, it's, a, it's a heavy fade. It's a heavy fade. Good luck. Rick, in your opinion, who is one golfer that thrives in no cut events? Um, so good thing I don't have to give you my opinion. Um, I, I showed that a little bit ago. So obviously you typed that question before I showed it. Uh, you can go to the, you can go to the Holy Grail. I picked out specific tournaments. You can just say, give me no cut events um, and you'll get similar results, but you'll also get like the tour championship and stuff. So you can say no cut uh, and you can pull out, you know, any type of year that you want and you'll still find that 
um, it is probably still going to be um, Roy McIlroy, right? Guys like that. Roy McIlroy. The sleepers would be Munoz and Hatton and EVR and, and guys like that. Hey, Rick, for a DraftKings GPP, would you roll with Spieth and Harmon or Kepka and McNeely? Okay, well, um, I think the Kepka-McNeely side is uh, super volatile, which for a GPP, you might want that side. I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on Spieth than I think most are because of, um, man, that's actually pretty close because Harmon's not that long of a hitter, but he's going to get away with it here. I'd probably, if you're trying to win the GPP, I think it's Kepka-McNeely. What do I have their ownership at? So I have Kepka at 6%, McNeely at 13, Speeth at 10, and Harmon at 7. Hmm. I think it's I think if you want to win it's Kepka and McNeely. Herrick, thanks for your content. You're welcome. Thank you. Who is someone you've grown on? In the, uh, grown on the most this week. Okay, I thought about this. I was out the course yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm growing on this guy. Who was it? Who was it? Um, I'm scrolling through. Sorry, I can show you. I'm scrolling through. There was someone. Who was it? And I was like, I'm going to have to remember this for Wednesday. It might be Lowry. No, it's definitely Lowry. Okay, so let me show you Shane Lowry. So, if this is a second shot course, uh, that is pretty darn good for Shane Lowry, who has gained strokes on approach in every event dating back to the Players' Championship. What other most people won't realize is most people are going to go, oh, Shane Lowry, haven't thought about him in a while since the Ryder Cup. And you're going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But he played, or maybe not even the Ryder Cup, maybe like the playoffs last year. BMW Championship and the Northern Trust, the two playoff events. He went 11th and 26th, played twice on the European Tour after that. 17th at the BMW PGA Championship, big-time event. T4 at the Alfred Dunhill, which was two weeks ago. The event Danny Willett won. Um, Lowry has like the last bit of win equity in this field, I think. He's the guy I've grown on this week. Who have I faded on this week? Well, that usually comes based off the ownership projections. Um, I don't know what to do with Louie. You know, I, I, I picked him in a, in, in a, in some one and done scenarios. I like the way that this sets up for him because he lost strokes putting last week, but he's kind of gaining some steam. And the argument is maybe I want to get Louie on a more difficult course or with one with a cut, or I don't really want to play him when he's popular. So I'm very lukewarm on Louie. And I've, I think I've been hotter over the course of the week. Um, let me real quick do this. I got to remind you, this is brought to you by Jock Market. Jock Market is stock market DFS. That means you can buy and sell shares of golfers for real money, or you can play a free roll to win real money. And you can build a portfolio, one golfer, 100 golfers, not 100 this week. There's only 78 in the field, but you can have any number of golfers for any number of shares. You can see them as the week goes on. Uh, how they're trending, if you want to sell, if you want to buy. You can now short golfers. So if you see Sebastian Munoz leading this event after two rounds and you say, <laughs> no way he's winning this golf tournament, you can actually short him now. And if his price goes down, you would make money. It's a fascinating concept. It has uh, been done before, but never this good. This is the most well-executed version of this I've ever seen. Two things. If you sign up, use the code RICK. It's the biggest deposit bonus available to you up to $50 and also join Joe Idoni and myself this evening, 8 15 PM Eastern time, Rick run good YouTube channel. 
for the final hour of IPO. That's when you bid on golfers. And I will have had another day at Summit Club. We can talk about that. I will find out about HV3. That's a very popular question. I, I will be at the course later and I will tweet it out if I see him. I'm in a one and done that only goes through the end of the year. Who would you pick this week? Morikawa or Xander? Yeah, I mean, you just got to roll out studs, right? One of those guys. Hey, Rick, live from Connecticut. Live from Connecticut. Was wondering who your dark horse is that no one is talking about but should be. Ooh, that no one is talking about. It might be Max Homa. He just won. Uh, and the ball striking numbers are generally going to be a good fit. Outside of that, I mean, are people talking about Russell Henley? I don't know if they are because Gooch is $100 more expensive. Norin is the same price. Russell Henley led the field in strokes gained approach last week. That's vintage Russell Henley. Um, those are two that people are, I, I don't think people are talking about that I would be pretty interested in. Hey, Rick, can you do a deep dive on Cam Smith? Sure. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here for the people, right? Let's see what we got. Cam Smith. Oh, I forgot to turn my ceiling fan on. And these lights are hot. All right, hold on a second. I'm going to go turn the ceiling fan on. Okay, sorry. Um, all right, Cam Smith. Good news about Cam Smith. And I guess I could have just done this. Cam Smith. Um, very good putter and very good on bent, right? Which is always a good sign. He's better on bent than he is on Bermuda. Um, he can just pile it up. I know that's like hard to kind of quantify, but the guy makes a lot of birdies and bunches. And when he gets going, it really doesn't matter the field, right? So T or uh, runner up at the, at the Northern trust, um, T five at a WGC 10th at the Olympics, uh, you know, T 10, I guess heritage wasn't that great of a field fourth at Genesis. Like I I'm trying to prove a point of like field probably doesn't matter for this guy. So I think that's the case to be made. The other case to be made is I don't think anybody's talking about him, right? I've got him at eh, 9%, probably, Probably going to go pretty low owned. Um, here's a super chat, uh, which again, thank you. Uh, would Mackenzie Hughes and Charles Schwartzel be good low price plays this week? Interesting. Two guys I haven't considered all that often. Um, let's see what Hughes is up to. I used to be a big stan of Hughes, but oh boy. Yeah, losing, um, oh man, these ball striking numbers. I mean, he was never a great ball striker, but this is to lose three off the tee somewhat consistently to lose three on approach somewhat consistently. That's a little bit scary. Let's check. Uh, Schwartzel. Charles is actually how you pronounce that in case anybody was wondering. Um, I'm encouraged by this. You know, the putter lost him, left him for, for some time and he's rolled the rock a lot better. Uh, that's a good sign because he's usually pretty good from T to green seeing him lose the driver, man, these, if we could put these two guys together, that would be one heck of a player. I'd prefer Schwartzel here. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Hey, Rick, what are your thoughts on English? Do you think he can bounce back from last week's play? Yes. <laughs> I'll go out on a, on a limb and say he's not going to lose six strokes putting in the first two rounds this week. I do, I'm telling you guys, this, I, would roll, I would roll everything in on these greens. Webb, when there is a no-cut event on Bentgrass, is one of the best players in the field. Webb having a little extra fire from the Miss Ryder Cup. Am I right to be in love with him on DFS? So I think some of your logic falls apart and some of it's pretty good. So uh, I, I think Webb 
Coke Rack, uh, English, those are good bounce back candidates, right? All, all three of them, or at least Webb and Coke Rack, gained strokes on approach last week, missed the cut on the number. You shoot four under, you missed the cut on the PGA Tour. Not that big of a deal. Is Webb Simpson um, actually good on on uh, no cut bent grass? If only there was a way for us to check that, right? Like let's let's actually check. So first of all, let's get Webb's uh, baseline. Webb's baseline in the last ten years is gaining seven. Uh, 0.76, three tenths or three quarters of a stroke on the field. 0.76, that's his baseline. So now what we'll do is we will say uh, bent grass and no cut. Well, I already have, oh, sorry, that's not. Web is actually 1.06. And then no cut events on bent grass. He is, yeah, 1.26. Good job. Good job, Benjamin. You got it. Um, I, I do think he is uh, a bounce back candidate. The the thing that doesn't track is a little extra fire from the missed Ryder Cup. Wouldn't that have come into play last week as well when he missed the cut? So um, I'm going to give you like 90% credit. You get a passing grade. I'm with you on web. Hey, Rick, top Korean pick this week. Could we see an unknown come out on top? No. It will be Siwoo. It will be um, Sung Jae. It will not be these guys at the bottom, right? I saw Tom Kim out there yesterday. Uh, he hits it well, but he will not be, now that I say this, he will be. He will not be the top Korean. <laughs> Rick, our favorite media pass man. Thank you. What's the latest news on Tiger's recovery? Your guess is as good as mine. They are historically close to the chest. You saw the same pictures I did from TMZ of him standing out there with a golf club and a sleeve on his leg. That's That's all I know. Fantasy golf pet peeve number one, experts who say, quote, putting is key to winning money. Most pointless statement ever uttered. I tend to agree. Have I ever said that? I tend to agree. Are we just avoiding not altogether? This is actually a pretty strong question. Um, so good question, Stephen. I don't know. I, he's probably the guy I flipped back and forth on the most because it's weird. He would have been super popular last week right? He would have been super popular last week at Shriners and he pulls out on Tuesday with a rib injury to make sure he's healthy for this week. So the assumption is he's healthy. Um, now you get him on a course that probably plays shorter than most. Again, uh, if you look at his bent, so look, look at his large bent grass green splits. First of all, he's played more rounds on large Bent grass greens. Why can't I click this? There we go. Large bent grass greens than anybody. And he's like one of the best, if not the best. It's it's kind of crazy. So uh, at least putting wise, right? He's gained basically a stroke per round. So it, it's, I don't know what to do with him. I actually think I'll convince my, I could convince myself on him. Would you play Munoz over Vegas? Uh, no, I don't think I would. And I like Munoz, but he's been terrible. Hey, Rick, you're the man. Thank you. Wondering who you're least confident in. Oh, this is always the question that backfires. Okay. Least confident of the four best players in the field. Morikawa, Xander, DJ, JT. This is always makes me look stupid. I think the case that you would make is... Um, Dustin Johnson, who played good for three days in a team match play event has now been boosted back to the top of the board. Like he is vintage DJ. 
he might be. Don't get me wrong. But I think that is probably the biggest stretch of saying that Morikawa is not going to have a good week at his home course. Xander's not going to play well, who's been awesome. And JT, as we play this as a second shot course, and maybe the easiest greens they'll ever see, isn't going to be able to figure it out. So I guess DJ, and I think that I look stupid later. Prediction for winning score. Basically, can a lower odd player compete in a tough field? No. Uh, Although I will say this. Jason Kokrak won last year. He was like 80 to 1. The the four guaranteed rounds means that uh, the cream rises to the top, but on courses that nobody has ever seen, it adds a bit more variance into that. Uh, how much more? I don't know, but I think one of the top guys is probably going to win. The winning score is going to be wins dependent. That's really going to be the only defense that they have out there. If it starts blowing, howling through the valleys, they're going to be in trouble. It's a little chilly here this week. I'll, I'll tell you that. It's not going to fly as far. Um, 21 under wins it. Any interesting ownership pivots shape, shaping up? Uh, yeah, Spieth, Spieth in the 10K range, right? Which the argument would be his worst his worst asset, his driver, shouldn't be as penal this week. That's the case for Spieth. Um, I love Hovland. And in the 9K range, you probably don't have to pivot off of these guys. You might be able to play two of them. Sam Burns has been the best player on the planet for like two months. And no one wants to play him at 7%. Uh, okay. The other one would be um, going back to Sungjae. Best player in the field last week by a wide margin. Didn't have to travel. Another good course that should set up well for him. Those are some good pivots. JT on Bentgrass is the question. The answer is. Uh, he's positive on it. Barely positive. He loses on, on Bent Poa uh, uh, hybrid mixes. He's about a zero on Bermuda. He's been pretty good on Poa in his career. Um, so he's okay. Um, while I'm looking through these questions, because I've answered some of them, subscribe to rickrungood.com. I love it. You'll love it. Sorry, I'm just making sure I've I've answered a lot of these. Let me just see. Uh, I'm kind of out on Tommy Fleetwood. So there's a question about Tommy Fleetwood here. Does DK know something we don't know? No, I just think it's name recognition and odds. I'm I just I I have not seen much life from Tommy in quite some time. I saw your tweets about. <laughs> okay, I saw your tweets about Sung. You'll know. Finding your lost Sung Jay ball at Summerlin. Can you tell the story? It's hilarious. Okay, so here's the story. I play vice golf balls. I can't tell the difference between the 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 vice pro pluses and the Titleist Pro V1s, and the vices are much more durable. So I, that's why I play them. They're half the cost. Vice lets you put anything you want on a golf ball. So I put stupid stuff on it, right? I put a picture of my dog's face. I put... Um, uh, the stuff of Tiger. I did the Brooks and Bryson meme face, the Vince Carter gif. I just put stupid stuff on my golf ball. It's easy to identify. I have that Sung JM illustration from the tour championship of him being like this. I have that on a lot of golf balls. I went to play TPC Summerlin a couple of months ago. I am not very good. So I lost some Sung J balls uh, all over the place. I don't know. There's probably half a dozen of them out there at some point. Like two days later, 
Sung Yul No, who plays out of TPC Summerlin, uh, posts on Instagram that a, the, a picture of the Sung Jay ball tags Sung Jay and says, "What?" Someone had to translate it for me. It said, "I found you in the hazard. What are you doing out here?" And then Sung Jay replied, uh, "I can't believe this exists." And then we went back and forth, and it was a nice little conversation. But it's weird that. Okay, so I lose those at Summerlin. The next time the tour comes back to Summerlin, Sung Jay wins it. And Sung Yul No finished dead last, which is also like weird too. Um, so maybe it was like a ritual offering that I gave of the Sung Jay balls to the golf gods and Sung Jay wins. Very, very strange situation. I can't believe it ever happened. Has Hovland ever had a putting week like last? I don't think it was a putting week that you're looking for. It's in around the green week, right? Let's see. Cause his putting week last week was pretty, uh, Victor Hovland standard stuff. So let's see. He, yeah, he was, he was a, a, a zero putter. I think you mean this around the green. He lost nine strokes around the green. No, he's never had a round like that by far. His worst previous around the green week, 3.8. He lost at Bay Hill. This is, it was actually one of the worst around the green weeks of anybody in the last like three or four or five years. So it's not going to happen again. You can't lose nine here if you tried. I promise you that. Rory was high in my model as well. Good thing that is, good thing about that is that Matt McNeely equals Rory. I don't know if I agree with that, but I got you. Hi, Rick. Any chance you could share your thoughts on Finau this week? I was close between Finau and Hovland and ditched Hovland in the end. I. Well, I would not endorse that. However, I, I'm not going to spend your money and you're not going to spend my money. If Finau makes you happy, go with that. I have had a very difficult time figuring out Finau. Um, I've never really gotten him right. He's good enough where he should be good on a lot of different courses. Um, so there, it's not like there's a ton of spots where I'm dying to play him at. Um, I really don't know. I think it's encouraging that he's putted much better. And I think if he combines these things, right? Like what you're seeing is... When you get a guy who can get hot with the irons and can get hot with the putter, that is a recipe for winning golf tournaments. Because if both of those things happen at the same week, you win. Um, so he has the ability to do that. I have been, I've had a very difficult time figuring him out. Hey, Rick, Norin and Gooch both seem like good value plays for a salary cap league. Completely agree. Which way would you lean? Oof. Um, I'm probably partial to Norin. Gooch is great. He's going to be fine. I, if I could invest in both of these guys for like the next 10 events, I would. But, um, if I look at this correctly, I believe Norin is going to be probably significantly lower owned than Gooch. Where are these guys? Uh, actually, no, I have them within a half a percentage point of each other. I still think it's Norin. They're both great. No problem. Let's get those likes in people. Now we're talking. Rick, what's your favorite cartoon from the 90s? Uh, I was a big Doug Funny guy. Uh, and also Rocket Power and uh, Hey Arnold. But the one that reigns supreme, my friends, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That, that's the one. How sticky of a stat is driving accuracy according to the data? Do guys drive it well in two to three weeks spurts, uh, accuracy, not that sticky off the tee, very sticky because accuracy depends on you hitting the fairway or not. And some fairways are more narrow. Some are much wider. Some you have wind, some you have, uh, firm and fast. Some are soft. So accuracy, not nearly as sticky as off the tee is. I answered a couple of these. I know I'm way behind, so I'm just going to skip them. 
Tried to look this up the other day. Who has the most WDs on Torp? Is it Pat Perez? Oh boy. Do you want during the event or before the event? Because those are two different things. I don't have it handy, but I could find out for you. My guess would be there was a time when Jason Day did. Uh, I don't know. Think Kyle Berkshire gets his PGA tour card next year? No, but he he's gonna try. And he's got so okay. I'll I'll make this quick because I don't know if anybody really cares about this. I I actually have seen Kyle Berkshire play 18 holes and he vlogs a lot of it. And I actually think he's trying to conform to regular PGA tour play, and he shouldn't. I often see him laying back, hitting three iron off the tee to put it into a spot. Like he needs to embrace the one thing that makes him way better than everybody else, the distance. And I think if he could get with the the decade guys or he could get with whatever, like that would be very, very valuable for him. So we'll see. Head, heart, and wallet heading into Sunday. Head uh, might be Xander. Heart would probably be, and again, of guys that I think are actually like, like Victor. Victor would be good. Um, but like if it was really, because I mean, it's before the event. So really pulling at my heartstrings. HV3 would be cool, right? That'd be pretty cool. Um, Ricky would be great. Wallet, <laughs> big time wallet, Cam Davis. Medium time, medium sized wallet, Victor Hovland. Hey, Rick, thanks for the content. I just bought a week of rickrungood.com. Uh, my girlfriend says hi. Hello. Thanks for the support. Super chat here from Hybrid. Hello, Rick. Don't know if this was asked already, but I'll ask the same question as last week. Thinking this place is better for Rasmus than last week. Okay, I could see that. Um, this is, yeah, there's always a question about Rasmus. It's always you, I guess, hybrid. Um, I would say, yeah, there are probably, uh, this is probably one of the better spots for him. Um, let me see how much data I have on him in the Holy Grail here. Oops. Sorry, sorry. I'm a bad clicker. Give me one second. I'll show you my screen. Rasmus. How much data do we have on him? 23 rounds. He's terrible around the greens. That's good here because you're not going to spend them. And again, this is just his PGA tour stuff. So it's not like we have a whole lot of data. He's much better on the Euro tour. Yeah. Let's say, let's say this is a better spot for him. Thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. Let me get back to my spot here. Denver Timmy, I'm way behind with six tournaments to go in my one and done. Is there a dart that you would throw to catch up? Thanks for all that you do. Thank you. Aaron Weiser, Cam Davis. Hey, Rick, if chipping in around the green is no problem this week, why doesn't Spieth stand out more? I feel like he hasn't received the attention he deserves. Driver accuracy isn't a must this week too. Kind of both ways, right? So if 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 everybody can drive it well, that helps Spieth. But if everyone can chip it well and putt well, that hurts Spieth right? Cause that's the best part of his game. You want, you want Spieth on. I agree with you. Spieth might, I, I I'm more bullish than a lot of people, but this argument, this argument, you have to play both sides of because, um, if it's chipping and putting is easy, that does not allow Spieth to separate himself, which is such a strong part of his game. So you kind of have to look at it both ways. Rick, do you think Mark Leishman is under the radar? I do, but also let me show you something here. This is from the newsletter, the Rick, the run good rundown. You can subscribe to this rickrungood.com slash newsletter. That'll get you there. I've tweeted it out. Um, but keep in mind, 
So there's a little something here about Mark Leishman right here. He's gained 14.6 strokes putting in the last two events. So of the 278 measured events, those are fifth and eighth best putting performances of his career. Probably unlikely that he continues to putt like this. There are a lot of little nuggets and things that may or may not matter in that newsletter. You should probably sign up for it. Since Na withdrew last week, I'm leery. Does he look healthy? Uh, he looked healthy last week, right? When I saw him, just something didn't feel right. So if he's playing, you have to say he's healthy. Could he tweak something? Of course, but he tried to get healthy for this week. Jock Market rocks. You guys should play. I agree. You and everyone love Xander, and I'm not understanding why. He isn't a good putter on bent. Hard to pass him up, though, as most love him. Can you give me a reason to pivot on Xander? Um, well, I guess the, the main reason is uh, you are you are in charge of your own money and your own decisions. So if you don't like him, you don't need another reason. Uh, the argument about him not being good on bent is statistically wrong. It's his best surface. So maybe that's where some of this disconnect is. And if you want me to give you a reason to pivot off of Xander, there's like seven other top tier guys up there. Go play one of them, right? Like it's golf's weird. Go play Morikawa, go play JT. I mean, you don't, you know, you can pivot off any of these guys. How are we feeling about JT with bones on the bag? Bones had a little hop in his step yesterday. Looks happy to be back, baby. Rick versus ceiling fan. The new Jerry versus Newman. Good. Can, uh, can Munoz bounce back this week? The metrics are really ugly. Uh, I would, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. Yeah. So I kind of follow up on the speed conversation, Eli. I, I, I see a path that is wider than I think most people see and he's being overlooked. So yes, I do remain interested, but I do think his range of outcomes is pretty sizable. Uh, if you're playing speed to be safe, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're playing speed because you think you might win all the money, now we're talking. Loving the usage feature on the golfer profile. Uh, I oh yeah, I almost never use it, but you're leaning into it today. Yeah, I love. It's like probably my favorite tool. Altitude approach stats. Oh boy, maybe coming soon. What do you think about Kokrak to beat Paul Casey? Yeah. So uh, in short. I think it's fine. You know, Kokrak, uh, I believe is one of the, is on the very short list of bounce back candidates with Webb Simpson and Harris English. Um, I also think that Casey hasn't played all that well, right? Like hasn't played all that well. Didn't play well at the Ryder cup. Ah, tough. Hey Rick, don't know if this is the right venue, but in your lineup optimizer, is there a way to run a report showing how many lineups have the same three shared players? Uh, no, but I can look into that. Thank you. I can only have two of Norin, Gooch, Mav, or Wise. Oh boy. Pretty, pretty good. I would probably say Wise because of the, this is a DFS lineup, right? Yeah. So Wise because he's going to outpace his finishing position with fantasy points. And, um, Oh boy. Wise and Norin. Let's do it. Which of the 10 gig, 10 guy, 10 K guys fare best on bent grass? Well, good thing. There is a way to do that. The Holy grail. 
clear out Rasmus. Sorry, Rasmus, you're out of here. Uh, let's make sure I've got my filter set correctly. Bent grass dating back the last, how long do you want to go back? All history. Let's do that. Sort by uh, salary. And we will find out that Jordan Spieth, no surprise, uh, gains a half a stroke per round. That's number one. Xander is two. Rory is three. JT is four. Those are the only four that gain on bent. DJ is the tiniest little loser, 0.01 in the negative, And Morikawa is losing 0.16. Uh, lots of questions about HV3. If I see him, I will tweet out in about two hours. Seems like no one is talking about Sungjae. Let me assure you I'm talking about Sungjae. Uh, what do you think the key stats are to winning this week? Whew. All right. Here's what I would say. If you can find a golfer who is, um, <clears throat> longer than he is accurate, a good second shot player and good on birdies. Actually, I can just tell you who that player is. So let's do this. Let's just go to the custom model. So we're going to run a very standard model here. So we're just going to say, I'm going to heavily weight some of these things. So uh, 25 on distance and 10 off the tee. So that is giving me a heavily weighted third on driving. Then give me another third on approach. And then give me, what do I have left? 32 on birdie or better. This, this is the type of golfer that's going to win. And um, if we do that for the last 24 rounds, and maybe we want to go a little bit longer than that because, well, all right, I'll just show you this. Um, Burns, Vegas, Kokrak, Hideki, Rory, HV3, Sungjae, Hudson Swafford, EVR, Scotty Scheffler. Let's open this up a little bit wider because I think there are some guys who we have not played a whole lot recently. Yeah, so let's open this up a little bit wider, re re rerun this. Burns, Hovland, Kepka, Rory, Kokrak is the top five. Spieth and Casey and, and JT sneak into the top 10. Hoffman and Matsuyama as well. That's, that's to me, is the type of player who's going to win. Riku, hey, bud. Uh, can you give me any useful information on any of the Asian golfers at the bottom of the DK pricing? I don't think I can. Um, I saw Tom Kim, uh, who I think is probably listed as uh, Ju, Ju Young Kim, I believe is the way they have him listed. I saw him yesterday. You know, the advanced metrics aren't that good. I thought he hit it well, but like, it's hard to tell all these guys hit it so good, but he was out there working hard. Game looked sharp enough. I don't have enough. I, I will say that um, Sung Kang is probably the most mispriced guy, right? Like if he's being priced uh, close, that close to guys or even Hudson Swafford, that close to guys who got like the Korean tour exemption. Like that's probably a mistake. I wish I had more information on him. I don't, I've answered a lot of these. So I'm going to skip scrolling through, scrolling through, uh, golf is definitely my favorite sport to watch. Second is, uh, probably basketball, I guess, football, basketball, probably. If polled, what percentage of players would know the putting grass type for the current tournament? Uh, 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, just based on region. This is their career, right? Like that would be like saying, um, 
what percentage of oh man, I'm gonna make a bad comparison here. What what percentage of uh subway sandwich artists can identify salami over ham? All of them. Yeah. Uh which uh I'm trying to get through. I've only I've only got a couple minutes left here, so I'm trying to get through like the I would love to, you know, BS with you guys, but I'm trying to get some really valuable questions in here. Okay, we can do a Justin Rose deep dive. We haven't talked about Justin Rose, and I, I, I was so bearish on him, um, you know, for a long time last year, just because he was so reliant on the putter. I will say, oh, is that the last? Is that the last we saw Rosie on the PGA Tour? Wyndham. He looked good at Wyndham, gaining across the board. Played, yeah, he played one time after that. Played the BMW PGA Championship T six. Wow. And his best surface is bent. Maybe if there's a time to run out Rose, it's now. And I've been very down on Rose. But this is, um, of the small sample that we have over the past couple of months, this might be a good spot for him. I don't mind it. Can Burns actually win this week? (laughs) Yeah. How does this Vegas course compare to last year's Shadow Creek and last week's Shriners? Um... It's nothing like Shadow Creek to me. Shadow Creek, you'll never know you're in the desert. Uh, Shriners is clear desert golf, so it's more like that. Um, I think you can get, um, last week, you could get into trouble around the greens. Uh, This week, you cannot. Any love for Johnny Vegas? I do, just because of the ball striking metrics. Uh, He's cooled off a little bit, but if if this is a ball striker place, let's go. Uh, first round leader leans, uh, I mentioned earlier, Morikawa and, and McNeely, just because if they're, if they're quicker, um, then, you know, like they're, they're going to understand the course quicker than everybody else. So that makes sense to go with them. The other ones would probably be super volatile guys, right? Cam Davis, Aaron wise, get like, get your money's worth. Which side of this two V two do you prefer for FanDuel? And then you didn't, you didn't write the two sides. Uh, better question. Maybe do golfers actually know their best putting surfaces? I feel like their stats and their preferred surfaces would differ and surprise them. Yeah, probably. That is much more likely. I bet you they would say no matter if it's true or not, they would say their best surface is the one they're familiar with the most, which is usually the one that they grew up on or they went to college and played at, or they reside at now. But I bet you that would not always align with, um, with what their actually stats are. So that is a better question. Thank you, Sheer Dog. Schwartzel played well at Fazio courses. All right, so let's do the Fazio course thing. Um, I'll show you the stats, but there, it, this is really noisy when you start to get into this, right? Because you don't know whether someone played well because it's a certain level of design, a certain design, or if they were just going to play well that week. Also, Fazio gets really hairy because there are some in which he is the true architect and there are a lot that he redesigned. There are a lot that he completely redesigned and there are some that he touched a couple of holes. It's just like, where do we draw the line on this stuff? So I'm not, I don't, I don't love this, but if you go with Fazio touched courses, which is kind of the way that I do this, um, the best player is actually, you know, with a larger sample size, uh, is Hudson Swafford, 18 
rounds, gaining over two. These are these are Fazio Architect courses. Um, Hatton has eight rounds. He's up there. Kokrak eight rounds. EVR eight rounds. But this is very 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 noisy. I would I would um, advise caution in using this as a big metric of your of your week. Here's the here's the TV two v two. Morikawa and Cam Davis or Hovland and Henley. It has to be Morikawa and Davis, but God, I love both sides of it. Are you still high on Wise? Yes. Just got to the chat. You said you would preview your custom model would change after you get to the course. Did you run another one today? Yes. Towards the top of the show. Any statistical reason to consider Brooks? He is a gamer. Okay. So this is a good question too. Cause I mentioned it. I mentioned it earlier. Like we only ever talk about Brooks in terms of like, is he, excited to play, which is kind of like a crappy way to deal with this. So the statistical outlook for Brooks this week is that Ben Grass is his worst surface. It's the only surface that he loses strokes putting on. Um, the other side of it is he has lost strokes on approach in three of his last four measured events. And he withdrew from the tour championship in the middle of that. Uh, the statistical outlook is that he's lost strokes putting in four straight. So I think Eli, to answer your question, no, there is no statistical reason to play um, Brooks outside of the fact that he doesn't necessarily have to show it to us. So look at his win at farmer or at, at Phoenix. He had missed the cut in three straight events before that. Uh, so I don't think anybody was saying, wow, his game is in really, really great shape. And then he wins a golf tournament. So no, I don't think the stats really say this is a Brooks week, but sometimes Brooks surprises us. Uh, super chat here from Phil. Thank you, Phil. The RRG course key stats uh, have strokes gain around the green and scrambling as a high correlation, but you also said it's not important this week. Um, no, that is uh, not true. So the let's see here. Here's the course key stats, Phil. This is so there's a note here. This is what you're looking at is the tour average course. Uh, there is nothing about Summit Club on here. Uh, and there's a note here that says Summit Club is the, the first time it's being used on tour. There is no historic data. You're seeing tour average metrics. Um, so 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 that is that is there's nothing on Summit Club. I'm making the assessment about the around the green stuff and scrambling because I was out there yesterday and I've rarely seen greens and green sides that are easier than, than that. So sorry for any confusion there. It is weird when we get courses that we've never seen before and there's no data. So I just kind of do my best to, to show you, you know, maybe tour average stuff, but um, yeah, sorry for any confusion there. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I've, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go hit the road. I got to go see the course. A um, couple of things. Follow me on Twitter. If I see HV3 out there, I'll tweet it. How about that? Uh, also, you can send any other questions to me there, or you can comment on like when this, when this live chat goes like, you know, you can make a comment on it. Um, I'll try to respond to those as well. I'm wishing you all uh, very good luck this week and uh, don't forget to pet your dogs and have a great day.